Well, let me say it one more time. Good morning. And again, thank you so much for making Grumlaw a part of your week, especially on this Labor Day weekend. I always say that like you that are tuning in, you that show up here in person on, and again, these holiday weekends, you are like our faithful people. And we certainly don't take that for granted. Now, as we continue in this series, Dangerous Prayers, I kind of have a quick question for all of you. Uh, who watching right now likes to be comfortable? Come on. I know I can't see what's going on on the other side of that screen, but participation, hold your spouse, whoever you're watching with accountable. Who, who likes to be comfortable? Now, I'm not really going on a limb there. I think that probably every single person on the planet would say, yeah, I like to be comfortable. We, we all long for comfort. In fact, comfort might be the very reason that some of you are actually tuning in and watching this morning because you were invited to go camping this weekend and you thought to yourself, why in the world would I go do that when I could instead just stay home in my nice air-conditioned home and sleep on my nice plush pillow top mattress? Seriously, just a bit of a sidebar. I don't really get camping. It was actually a couple of weeks ago that my wife said to me, hey, Shay, we should go camping sometime. Wouldn't that be so fun if we went camping with the kids? And my response, no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be fun at all. Because I, come on, like all of you, I like to be comfortable. It's why my house has air conditioning in the summer and why it has heat in the winter. It's why I spend an obnoxious amount of time researching vacation homes before I actually book them, painstakingly going through every single picture to make sure it is going to suit my needs or my supposed needs. It's why I've complained way too much this summer about mosquitoes. I like to be comfortable. And, and, and come on, even more than that, especially as Americans, we don't just love our comfort. We want luxury. It's how we justify spending $100 on a pair of jeans. It's why we get all bent out of shape when we find a single hair in the bathtub at the hotel. It's like, who did this? Who is plotting against me? It's why we have no problem trading in our perfectly running vehicle for the newer, more luxurious model and then bragging about it on Instagram. I did a thing. It's like, yeah, you did do a thing. You did a very foolish financial thing, but I guess that's cool. That This is constantly being beat into our heads. You deserve this. You do you. Live your best life now. If you can name it, claim it. If you can see it, be it. We are constantly being inundated with these types of messages. And, and, and come on, for, for those of you who are watching right now and you spend regular time in prayer, we're lying to ourselves if we don't think that this spills into our prayer lives. God, please just take this sore throat away from me. I, I'm just so uncomfortable. By the way, that's my life. I am such a baby when I get a sore throat and I complain and I beg for God to take it away. God, please let them accept our offer. We're just so crammed in this, in this apartment. God, God, please help me to get that raise. God, please just help today to go smoothly. I mean, just no issues for just for one, just for one day. God, God, please don't let me have any zits at prom. God, please just let the weather be nice. It's like my only day off. Think about it, so many of our prayers go right back to that magical seven-letter word, comfort. Now, if you are new around here, we are actually today wrapping up a series that we've been in for three weeks titled Dangerous Prayers. And if you did miss either one of those first two weeks, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to go catch yourself up at grumlaw.com slash messages, or per usual, you can find us under Grumlaw Church, wherever it is that you happen to grab your podcasts. And I believe that this is a pretty important series. And I say that because no matter where you find yourself today in your whole faith journey, and by virtue of the fact that you're actually tuning in, that you're watching right now, I'm guessing that you're at least curious. If there is indeed a God out there, and if there's a way to communicate with him, 
And if he does actually communicate with us, don't you kind of want to know how to do that? And what we've been speaking to in this series is that so often our prayers are just too safe. That the reason that so many people, including many, many people who would identify as Christians, don't seem to hear from God is because our prayers basically amount to God be with me and God bless this food and God, I'm asking you for traveling mercies. Or, or as we just discussed, our prayers are really all about us and, and our comfort. But, but today we're gonna be talking about a very specific prayer that I truly believe is one of the most, if not the single most dangerous prayer that any of us could ever pray. Break my heart. God, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. This prayer is not easy. It is not common. I promise you it does not feel good. It, it certainly isn't safe. In, in fact, it pretty much flies directly in the face of everything that culture tries to ram down our throats the you-do-you you mantra of our generation. And, and it certainly stands in stark contrast to the God-should-just-make-my-life-easier version of Christianity. God, break my heart. Crush it. God, strip me of comfort. God, strip me of ease. God, strip me of, in particular, spiritual apathy. I mention this on a very regular basis around here. Believing in Jesus is very easy. God made the standard by which we get that right standing back with him so extraordinarily simple. It is through faith and faith alone. It is by placing your trust in Jesus that you get that right standing back with God, that you're able to enter again into a relationship with God. It is so easy to believe in Jesus, but following Jesus, like actually following him is so hard. Following Jesus is, in fact, what Jesus himself warns us about over and over again. It's all that deny yourself and take up your cross talk. It's forsaking what is best for you and instead asking what is best for the you beside you. It's dangerous prayers just like this. Break my heart. And I'll warn you, as I have seen in my life and so many others will tell you that they've seen in their lives, when you pray this dangerous prayer, God will respond. God will answer this prayer. Your heart will absolutely begin to break for the very things that break the heart of God. You'll begin to lose sleep. You'll find a righteous anger begin to creep up that you had never felt before. You'll find yourself increasingly frustrated, not only with the apathy of others, but with your own apathy. And then worse yet, you'll actually feel compelled to do something. And as you begin to act, you'll find people judging you. You'll be downright opposed by some. You'll be criticized. And yes, you'll even be persecuted. But in all your pain, in all your anger, in all your discomfort, you'll be blessed as your heart breaks over something that breaks the heart of God. You will indeed be blessed as your heart shatters as it breaks over the very things that break the heart of the living God. It was years and years ago, 
uh, that, that just kind of by happenstance, I happened to be having a meal with a guy who goes by the name of, of Ramesh. It was actually right after an Easter service. And uh, I had been invited to this, uh, to this meal with, with Ramesh. And uh, I knew a little bit about him. I knew that he was involved in some ministry over in Nepal, but I didn't know a lot of details. And, and I sat there as I just kind of asked him questions. And he shared about this very specific prayer, this prayer of break my heart, that, that he had an encounter with Jesus, that Jesus had completely transformed his life. And where he had grown up in Nepal, had quickly become one of the most prolific areas in the entire world for human trafficking and specifically sex trafficking. And when he began to pray that prayer, break my heart, his heart began to shatter for these young girls, these women who are being duped, who are being kidnapped in some cases, taken advantage of to to satisfy some sexual perversion of an adult. And his heart broke about this. And it wasn't that he just felt bad. He felt compelled to actually do something. And so he started this incredible organization called Our Daughters International, which sole existence, the sole reason that it exists is to save young girls and save women from human trafficking. Now, when he shared that story, it was heart-wrenching. It was heartbreaking. And, and just as God has, had broke his heart, my heart began to break as well. And I never forgot that meal. I never forgot that interaction. I literally thought to myself, if God ever puts me in a place where we are able to support this ministry beyond just my wife and I's personal finances, we're going to do that. Will you fast forward to January of 2018 when this church launched? And from day one, in partnership with Our Daughters International, we have been sponsoring a border station in Nepal, which again, its sole purpose is just to save and to rescue women from human trafficking. Every single day, because of your dollars, because of the generosity of this church, between four and 10 girls are rescued from human trafficking because of that one border station that we sponsor. And as my heart continues to break, I pray that this is only the beginning. In fact, it bothers me that we're only sponsoring one right now. I look forward to the day where we're sponsoring two and three and four and five, and hopefully eventually even 10 different border stations. Is my heart burdened for these girls and these women? Yes. But, but is it a burden to partner with Our Daughters International? Not a chance. Myself, this church, has been infinitely blessed through our partnership with Our Daughters International. I, I want to direct our attention to a prophet that we find in the Old Testament. Old Testament is kind of that first half of the Bible. For those of you who aren't familiar with that term prophet, it, it was someone in Old Testament times who spoke on behalf of God. Now, by the way, back at this point in history, in Old Testament times, uh, this was something reserved for just a handful of people. God would speak to just a handful of people, and then those prophets would then go and deliver these messages to the people, to in particular God's chosen people, the Israelites. But, But right now, and I think this is worth mentioning, because of the Holy Spirit, because God actually said, Jesus himself in the flesh said, hey, it's actually better that I go back to heaven because now I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. We all have this opportunity. It's not reserved to just a handful of people. Every single one of us have the opportunity to hear directly from God because of the Holy Spirit. I think that's just worth mentioning because I think that's pretty great. But, but this prophet we're gonna be taking a look at, his name is, is Jeremiah. And, and Jeremiah, I, I think he had a rather unfortunate nickname. He was known as the weeping prophet. And I say that's an unfortunate nickname because imagine if your nickname was the weeping realtor or the weeping teacher, or I was known as the weeping pastor. But the reason that he received this nickname is because his heart was breaking for the plight of his people. 
the Israelites, as they're often referred to in Old Testament times, God's chosen people. Jeremiah's heart was breaking for these people as God's heart was breaking for them as well. We're going to elaborate a little bit more on this here in just a bit, but it, it breaks God's heart that so many people willingly choose to turn away from him. That there is no part of God that just goes, oh well. There's no part of God where he goes, you know what, whatever, you've created this mess for yourself, good luck to you. No, it breaks his heart that those would willingly choose to turn away from him. Now a little bit of context here, back at, at Jeremiah's time on this earth, the people of Judah at this point in history were blatantly rebelling against God. Leaders were abusing widows, the poor were being taken advantage of. That they were even going so far as sacrificing infants, sacrificing children to false gods. And God's heart was absolutely wrecked by the sinfulness of his people. And and therefore, Jeremiah's heart is breaking on behalf of God's. He's literally weeping over the sins of his people. In in the eighth chapter, we, we have some of Jeremiah's words captured for us. He says this, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I'm overcome with grief. His heart was broken on behalf of the injustices taking place all around him. He was grief stricken over the vulnerable, over the weak, over the poor that were being taken advantage of at all hours of every day. And because his heart was breaking for what broke the very heart of God's, he was compelled, he was led to do something. And so you can read about this in the book of Jeremiah, but this guy went on to preach some pretty fiery sermons. He threatened, he prayed, he fasted. He, he stood against what was popular. He stood against what had quickly become acceptable. God, break my heart. God, break my heart. Now, now, now listen, I, I get it. In these type of environments, when we're watching a Sunday service, it's easy to hear these words and think, man, that, that, that sounds good, but, but, but come on. I want you to really think about this. Do, do you really want this? I mean, come on, do, do you really want this? We actually kind of covered this at the beginning of this conversation. The, the answer is no. Because we as people, we want comfort. We, we want ease. We, we want luxury. This is the polar opposite of our sinful nature. This is the opposite of what culture has programmed you to want. This stands diametrically opposed to the the feel-good, the all-about-me version of Christianity. But, and and here's the big question I, I want every single one of us to wrestle with this morning, no matter where it is that you find yourself today on this whole faith journey. What if God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings? What if God's greatest blessings come from his greatest breakings? What if the most special, the most anointed blessings from God come on the other side of the pain that moves you out of comfort, that that moves you away from self to care about others on God's behalf? What if God really broke your heart for what breaks his? What if he blessed you 
What if he blessed you with a heavenly, with a divine burden? What if he blessed you with a holy hurt? I like comfort. I like luxury. I've shared a bit about this in the past that, you know, prior to me stepping into this role as a pastor, I was in, I was in medical sales and my wife and I, we, we would win all of these crazy, like just over the top luxurious trips. And, and I'll admit to you, I, I love stepping into those immaculate rooms with the perfectly clean, with the perfectly white sheets. I mean, there'd be a warm washcloth waiting for you on the table to wipe the sweat off your brow. There, be a beautiful view of the ocean. We have our own personal infinity pool right on the balcony, fresh cut chocolate dip fruit waiting on the counter. I ain't afraid to admit it. I love comfort. But you know what the problem with comfort is? <laughs> comfort has never, has never moved anyone to action. Never once while hanging out at those luxurious resorts did I think to myself, you know what? <laughs> it is time to go change the world. Not at any point did I look over to my bride and say, Andrea, you know what? I think we need to go make a difference. A luxurious, comfortable life has never shook me to care about the oppressed, to care about the vulnerable. Pain-free and easy and comfortable days have never made me more like Christ. Seriously, think about this. What does pain do? Pain purifies. Suffering, it, it strengthens. T trials, think about it. They make us more like Jesus. Trials teach us to actually depend on God rather than ourselves, rather than our wallets, rather than our spouse, rather than on the people around us. As things get more comfortable, as things get easier around you, do you naturally drift towards or away from God? Break my heart. This prayer will snap you out of your self-centered pursuit of ease, out of your pursuit for comfort, out of your pursuit for more. You'll make that move from not just feeling bad, but to, again, actually doing something. You likely have examples of this all throughout even your life, maybe even the lives around you, but we also have time after time after time that we see this throughout the pages of scripture. To take, for example, Moses. M Moses, it appeared that, that he kind of won the golden ticket. Against all the odds, he gets scooped up by, by the most powerful family in the entire world, and he lives his life in a palace as a young little prince. But as a young Hebrew boy, he watched his fellow man, his fellow Israelite, being taken advantage of by the Egyptians. And his heart was broken. And it led to this moment where eventually this guy would stand before the most powerful person on the planet, Pharaoh himself, and say, let my people go. We have David, and he wanders down this, this, this little shepherd to the battlefield, and basically he's going down to the battlefield to give his brothers a care package. But he was appalled by what he saw. His heart was broken by the Philistines and specifically a giant by the name of Goliath who, who was mocking not only his people, but mocking God. When everybody else was terrified, he was offended. When everyone else saw someone too big to defeat, David saw someone too big to miss and he defeated that giant along with the entire Philistine army. When you pray this, break my heart. God will 
respond. He will shake up your continual pursuit of more. He he will stir up a divine burden that you find impossible to ignore. It, It will be beyond what you can stand. I shared a little bit about Our Daughters International earlier. And if I'm honest, again, as I shared, it's like I am very, very thankful that we're able to fully fund that one border station. But my heart is constantly screaming to me, do more, leverage more, get more creative. And this kind of culminated, it was about a year and a half ago, where God began to put these thoughts, and I tried to fight him at first, where he began to put this vision in my mind, and this idea that, hey, what if in every area, in every city, in every town that we have a campus, we also... We also had a coffee shop where 100% of the proceeds would go to funding even more border stations for Our Daughters International. And I'll tell you, at first I resisted that. I was like, I don't know anything about coffee. I don't know anything about starting a coffee shop, but God just would not be quiet. And so I hesitate to share this in some ways because we've definitely hit some bumps along the way, but hopefully within this very calendar year, we'll be opening that first coffee shop, which again, 100% of the proceeds will go to fight human trafficking. And some of you might be thinking right now, well, that just sounds so fun. The owner of a coffee shop But if I'm being honest, I I hesitated to even share about this today because honestly, it's been such a pain. And and what seems so certain on so many occasions, it's end up falling apart. We've been taken advantage of by building owners. There have been attorney bills showing up completely out of nowhere. There have been entire towns seemed to be against this idea. Not to mention the fact that it's Andrea and I's personal finances, all of our personal money on the line if this thing does not work out. And just to be clear, I will never take a penny from this. No stipend, no salary, no anything. But it's just this response, okay, God, I think my heart is breaking for what breaks yours. When I really think about it, the fear of what might go wrong, it almost paralyzes me. But again, I think back to that burden that God laid on my heart to begin with. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. If you begin praying this prayer, I have no idea. I have no idea what God might begin to break for you. Perhaps it'll be the plight of the unborn. That, that you are no longer able to sit idly by as hundreds of thousands of unborn children are murdered every single year. Perhaps it'll be for the Afghan people, the refugees, those who are trying to escape that nation right now, those that are being taken advantage of. It, it might be for the underprivileged children right in our communities. Maybe it'll be for racial injustices that haunt so many Maybe it will be for clean drinking water to parts of the world who have no access to it, that every single day it becomes impossible for you to bear, it becomes impossible for you to tolerate the fact that people die every single day just because they do not have access to clean drinking water. It might be for those trapped in addiction and they don't see a way out. It might be for those who are living in broken marriages. It could be for the teens who are experiencing right now pressures and anxieties that teenagers have never seen before. When you pray this prayer, your heart, will break. And in that moment, when it does, I want you to thank God that your heart is breaking. I want you to thank God that your heart has began breaking for what breaks his. Because most of us, we think it's better just not to care. It's better not to hurt. It's better not to get involved. But church, do not miss this. 
It is better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. We should be thanking God that he still speaks to us, that he still moves us to action, that he would break our hearts for what breaks his, that he desires that we would become more and more and more like him. I want to wrap this up by directing our, our attention to a letter written to the early Christian church in Rome by a guy that went by the name of Paul, and hence its title, Romans. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Paul, Paul was a very religious man at one point. He crossed all the T's, he dotted all the I's. I mean, he went to church every Sunday. He went to Sunday school every Sunday morning. He, he, he knew the Bible inside and out. I mean, he was just your poster child for this is a very religious person. But then... He came face to face with Jesus and he saw the stark difference between religion and relationship. And after he came in contact with Jesus and after he entered into a relationship with Jesus, he realized there is no looking back to religion anymore. I want everyone to experience what it is that I have experienced. And it led him to pen these words in Romans chapter nine. He says, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. That this is his way of saying, what I am about to say is no exaggeration. I promise I mean every word. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and my Jewish sisters. And he goes on to say, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Do you understand what Paul is saying here? He's actually saying he would be willing to spend eternity separated from God. He would be willing to spend eternity in hell if that meant his fellow man, his fellow Jewish man, his fellow Jewish woman would just turn to Christ. He goes, that is how much better relationship is than religion. This right here is, is strikingly similar. This is a strikingly similar hurt that God began to stir up in me when we set out to start this church. I'm, I'm going to be very, very vulnerable right now. I hurt all the time. I'm in agony so frequently for those who have not given their lives to Jesus. My heart breaks for, for the cultural Christians who, who, who even show up here, and yes, I'm absolutely, I say this with no glee, with no joy in my voice, I, my, my heart breaks for the cultural Christians who show up and call this place their church home. You show up here when it's convenient for you, and you claim to know Jesus, but there is absolutely zero fruit in your lives. You believe, but you're certainly not following. My heart breaks for, for those who are just going through the motions in life. You're searching for that next thing that you're hoping is gonna bring you that fulfillment, but it always ends up leaving you empty. My heart breaks for those legalistic churches and those legalistic Christians who are completely missing out on the grace and the relationship that Jesus offers. My heart breaks for those who ignore the gifts that God has given them and they only use them for their own selfish ambition and for their own greed, a nicer house, a newer car, a nicer vacation home. My heart breaks 
For those in this church and this community who keep trying to fill that void with anything they can find, but only Jesus can ultimately fill. And I can truly tell you, I, I am thankful for this pain. Because every single day, I'm driven to do something that won't just matter for the here and now, but something that will have a ripple effect into eternity. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And so yes, I do pray, God, break my heart. How blessed are we that he answers this prayer? Because every day, we'll find ourselves driven by a higher calling to not just pursue our own selfish desires, but to reflect the glory of the God whose heart broke for you. So much so that he gave his one and his only son for you.